Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, a show about living your very best life. My name is Sandra Reich. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. And this radio show is a labor of love that I do weekly, trying to think of topics that can really help you in your life to live your best life. And today's show, special shout out to Cindy, and you know who you are, Cindy, um, who recommended we do this topic, which is talking about... Uh, helping kids with anxiety, ADHD, and other common challenges. Um, I saw Cindy at an event, and she was uh, she's an avid follower of the radio show, and she suggested that we try to tackle this topic, and we're very grateful. We're always looking for good topics. In the last three and a half years, we have covered, oh, things from nutrition to anxiety to depression to sleeping to um, the thoughts in your head to the story you tell yourself and more. And at this time of year, Um, is a tough time of year for people as well as a beautiful time of year. And certainly probably one of the areas that people ask me the most about is parenting. So um, here's my plan of attack, how we're going to tackle this show. Um, First of all, if you want to call in with any questions, your parenting, your child has anxiety or ADHD or anything, any of those challenges, um, you can reach us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, it's 1-866-472-5792. You can also text us at 1-514-796-4357. Or if you are an email person, info at helpforanxietydepression.com. If anything on the show catches your attention and you would like to speak with a specialist or set up an appointment, you can find us at 514-777-4530. So on that note, I mean, I think the, the first thing that I have to say about this is that Going back to when I opened this clinic here in Montreal, um, I had a vision of helping adults with anxiety, and I wanted to open a clinic, and that's how the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression was formed and or created. And my goal was to treat adults, uh, but my real passion is children. And so why adults? Because I knew if I could get at the adults, I'd get at the children. So that was the original plan. Now, you know, flash forward many years later, and I can tell you that 49% of our clientele are children as young as two years old. So I did not anticipate that happening. The rise of anxiety in children has been like unbelievable. We're seeing it at an all time high and it keeps on going. It's the number one mental health issue in both Canada and the United States, probably around the world. So there's no end of things I'd like to talk about today. So, but I want to also tackle a little bit how you help someone with ADHD. Now, I am not, disclaimer, I am not an ADHD specialist. However, kids with ADHD have many similar symptoms to kids with anxiety, and reducing anxiety will help the ADHD. I'm also planning and hoping to talk about executive function and the role it plays in ADHD in particular, but in general, and a lot of people, that's a very big catchphrase these days, executive function. So a lot of people don't know what it means, and we're going to go through that. I believe that in the second segment, I will have uh, Georgia Dow with me. That's uh, Georgia. She's been on the show many times, licensed psychotherapist, who works almost like 
almost exclusively with kids and definitely with these kinds of challenges. So her feedback will be very, very helpful. But where do I want to start from? I want to start from um, anxiety in your household and your children suffering from anxiety because this is a huge problem. And yet, as I always say, an incredibly solvable problem. And the Rx, the solution for this problem, is not necessarily what you would think. And as a parent, because you see, I am a parent as well as being a clinician, it puts me in a dilemma because when my child gets anxious, if my children get anxious, the parent in me wants to rescue them. But the clinician knows that that is the absolute worst thing I could do. So I want to talk about that to start off with is if your child is suffering from anxiety, what are some things right off the bat that need to be adjusted in your household? So when somebody calls our clinic um, and says that their kid has anxiety, uh, we asked for the parents to come in for the first appointment. And often parents say, well, I want you to treat my kid. Why am I coming in? So the reason we ask the parents to come in and the reason this is an issue is if there are not clear-cut boundaries and consequences in your house, your child will be susceptible to anxiety. You may wonder why. Well, let me put it this way. This is the example I always give people. Imagine right now that there were no stop signs and no speed limits and no police where you live, wherever you live. If you're listening in Europe, if you're listening in America, uh, if you're listening in Canada, imagine a world without stop signs, speed limits, or police. You may even get a little giggle imagining, oh, that would be fun. I could do whatever what I want. But think about it. How would you feel without any rules or any limits? And I'm guessing that your answer would be you'd feel afraid. The world would become chaotic. It would not be a safe atmosphere. So this is the part that's a little counterintuitive with our children. When our children are anxious, what they need most is stability and structure, which comes from boundaries and consequences, clear expectations of your kids with clear consequences if they don't do what's expected of them. Just like the policeman comes and gives you a ticket if you don't do your full stop at the stop sign and you're cursing the policeman, but in a way we feel the world is predictable and safe. There are policemen looking out for us. This is a good thing. So will your children feel if they know there are predictable consequences for behavior. So when I see clients, I have to tell you, um, sometimes quite often the kindest of kindest kind parents are the ones who get into the most trouble of all because they do not want to in any way come down on their kids. They don't want to put a consequence on their kids, especially if their kid is suffering from anxiety. And actually, the kindest thing you could do would be to put a consequence on your child, not for having the anxiety, but for behaviors around the house that they may or may not be doing. So then comes the question, well, what do you mean by a consequence? Well, just like the policeman gives you a ticket, we need to give our kids tickets too. And so that, you know, TV time, screen time, computer time, uh, play dates with friends. If they're not behaving as they're supposed to be behaving, the sooner we can teach our children that there are consequences for behavior, the more secure our children will feel. Again, you might be listening to this going, oh my God, this can't be true. I understand because another piece of the puzzle is that when kids have anxiety, they want to avoid things. As a matter of fact, 
anyone who has anxiety wants to avoid things. Your child comes to you and says, I just don't want to go. I just don't want to speak in class. I just don't want to do this. I just don't want to do that. And as a parent, your temptation would be to get them out of the thing that's making them nervous. And I get you because I'm a parent. We're going to take a break, but I'll give you the teaser here. Guess what? That's the absolute worst thing you can do. As a matter of fact, if you would like to get an anxiety problem or you would like your child to get an anxiety problem, then you keep on avoiding things. And that's the recipe for an anxiety disorder. And that's a big statement. So when we come back, I'll explain it. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back. So um, back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, talking about anxiety, ADHD, other uh, common challenges with your kids. Uh, and please note that if you're listening to the show and your, your, your kid has ADHD and you're listening to this part and you're like, oh, this isn't my part. No, it is your part because um, anxiety is the one that overrides all the other things. So someone with ADHD is prone to anxiety and reducing the anxiety will help them with the ADHD. So the strategies I'm talking about right now are very, very relevant. As a matter of fact, what I'm talking about are strategies that in any household you want to put in. So, so far what we've talked about is the idea that we need a household that's structured with clear rules and clear list of consequences. So you want to teach your kids, here's what happens if you do be- behavior A. 
And here's what happens if you do behavior B so that they understand what they have to do. And it's, it's really not rocket science and yet it works so incredibly well. Sometimes I feel almost embarrassed. I always say a lot of psychotherapy is shamelessly simple because, and, but we didn't know this many years ago. And a lot of us, again, our hearts are big. We don't want to see our kids suffer. So coming back to the example before the break of if your child avoids something, that's a recipe for an anxiety problem. So imagine that your child is fearful of a situation and imagine your natural instinct. If you're a woman, you're probably a bit of a caretaker because women generally are, maybe men too, some men are, and you see your child crying and your instinct is to rescue them from what they're afraid of. Now that's a problem because the brain gets the message when you rescue someone from something that's scary the message the brain gets is, oh, that must have been really scary. Phew, we're out of there. Ha, huh, great. And it gets like a whole surge of a reward response. So, okay, let me try to give a practical example. If I was speaking somewhere and I started to feel nervous and I left the place I was speaking, my brain would go, oh, phew, I feel so much better. But the problem is my brain would then have a memory that where I was must be very dangerous because it caused that response. And the answer to my problems is to avoid any room that looks like the room I was in, in that example. And that's not good because the brain will generalize it. First, it will be rooms, then it will be maybe a shopping center and so on and so forth. So if in fact there's something your child's afraid of, it doesn't mean that you throw them into the cold water. That's not what we do, but it does mean you're always moving them towards the fear. We're always moving towards the fear because then the brain learns like, huh, I can cope with this. I got this. I can do it. Very important. I'm going to give another example of this. When my child was very young, my daughter, she, um, she fractured her tibia during a skating class. And it was a very, very painful injury. She was very young. It was her first skating class. She was in a cast for six months. Now, you can imagine that at the end of the six months, the idea of going skating for her was not appealing. And you could also imagine that it would make sense if I said, eh, who cares about skating? She's afraid of it. We don't have to take her skating. And that would be supposedly the end of the problem, right? Wrong. So... What did I have to do? I had to take her back to the skating ring, to the scene of the crime. And you might be wondering, but why? Who cares about skating? Because of what I told you about the brain. The brain will remember that, oh my God, skating is really dangerous. And it will eventually generalize to other things. So when I took her back to the skating ring, of course, she did not want to get on the skating ring. So the first time we went back, she went on for a minute or two. And that's fine. A minute or two on then you relax, and then the next time you go on for five or 10 minutes, and so on and so forth. So now it's many years later, and do you think she remembers about the skating? I mean, she certainly remembers her cast, but there's no residual anxiety that has stayed with her because she was able to face her fears. So we really, really want to make sure that the brain gets the message that, oh, I can do this. It was, it's a little uncomfortable. But I can do this. So we really want to get that point out very clearly. So with anxiety, with any problem, avoidance is not your friend. 
Very important. Avoidance is not your friend. Before I move on, I want to really repeat that. Avoidance is not your friend. We want to always move towards things that we're afraid of. As we move towards them, our brain learns I can cope. So your child is afraid of something and you love that child and you don't like seeing your child in distress. I hear you. I don't like to ever see my children in distress. And yet I'm here on the radio telling you and telling myself that even if they're in distress, um, unless it's something that's really actually dangerous, we have to move them towards what they're in distress for. And that's hard to hear. I know parents have a hard time with it. And this is a great entry point for me to, you know, welcome Georgia Dell, who's just arrived. Thankfully, we're so happy she's here. Uh, Georgia Dell, top, top, top psychotherapist. And as I said, specialist in children. And she's coming right from the office where undoubtedly she was working with a family today, undoubtedly on getting their child to move towards things that they're afraid of. We've talked about boundaries and consequences, the important in anxiety. And we're going to start to talk about ADHD. But first of all, please, um, well, no, please, you're not here, but welcome, Georgia Dell, back to Straight Talk. Thank you so much for being here. I really needed and wanted you here for this show. This show is in honor of Cindy. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, we love her. She, love you. she wanted this show and she certainly wanted you. So welcome back. <laughs> this is for Cindy. Thank welcome you. to the show, Georgia. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sandra. Thank you for having me. And like, this is such an important topic. It is such an important topic. So since you weren't here yet, I didn't start on ADHD, but I started on the fact that ADHD has components of anxiety in it, which is really the area we can help most with because we're not really ADHD specialists per se. We work around it. So what I talked about so far, just to up, bring you up to, this is really live radio. She really just arrived, is that um, that the importance of having structure in your household. that will make kids feel safe and the idea of moving towards things you're afraid of. Now you've just come from the office. As I said, you undoubtedly was working with somebody today with this. What are your thoughts on the importance of boundaries and consequences and moving towards things you're afraid of? Your thoughts. It was actually, it's actually very apropos because I was talking to a family where, um, the, the child is, um, you know, having one parent that is, really, really overly indulgent, caring, dealing with it because they're so scared of setting off their child. Right, right. They don't and want the their child parent, to be upset. And the other parent is now becoming really rigid and cold and withdrawing to try to recalibrate the balance in between them. Right, right, right. And um, I was talking only with the more strict parents this time um, so that they can kind of bond and, and also not be there and just talking about how this polarization is very damaging to children because they need to have structure. There needs to be rules. There needs to be love. And we don't grow without that, that, you know, when you are overly indulgent to something, you're actually making the problems worse because even if the child is not good at something and you are fixing it and doing it for them, what does the child think about their own capacity and self-esteem if you're the one always fixing their problems? They must be incompetent. They must be incompetent. Right. Because they can't do it. They need mommy and daddy. And it feeds our ego because we're so competent. Oh, right. it makes us feel like we're the rescuers. We rescuers. And we, let's, hero. I'm the they hero. Were, and they need me. Yes. I won't be abandoned. Which they is a drug. Me. That's a, that's a whole show in itself. Drug oh, addiction. Is so good. Absolutely. Yes. We're going to do a show we on the... We should do it. Why haven't we oh, done we're a show do on it. this Yeah. Yet. The addiction of being a hero. Oh, my yes. God. Next show with you. Hero Absolutely. Addiction. There's another two that people have asked for. for oh, really? Uh, I can't for, wait for, for DVDs on, actually. So okay. I'll have to go through those as well. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. We have some areas that we did not go through, and I don't know why some of them... Yeah. No, there's just no end of things that you know struggles that people go through so uh you're exactly right is that it teaches the child not to feel very competent so yeah. in order and that's for them even to- the parents 
that's the parent that's being what we would say loving, loving. and supportive. Right. But it, it makes them feel like more of a victim. You're yes. feeding that, I can't do this. And they're not, like, if you're weak in an area, and so say that you wanted to get better at shooting on net. You're playing soccer. You want, Sandra wants to get better at shooting on net. And every time you go up to shoot on net, I make sure you score, but I actually kick the ball. Right. Now, we both feel good. We have a win. Yay. But are you ever going to get better at this skill? No. No. So it's it's been a little bit of a like a, a provocative show, right, to, to this point. And I think that whenever we talk about kids and anxiety, both you and I get a little provocative because parents find it very hard sometimes to hear mm. that being loving is sometimes actually mixed with t- something called tough love. Is So if your child says, and, and then we're throwing in ADHDs or any mental challenge, the parents even more so will say, but my child has a mental challenge. We yes. can't be expecting so much of them. And there's a big problem in that sentence. Do you agree? Oh, yes, there is. Tell me about it. I, I remember a really wonderful story of a boy that was had no arms. He, he was born without any arms. And uh, <laughs> he's struggling to try to open up a peanut butter jar or something with his feet. And he's really struggling. And and everyone that's watching this clip about this is like, just help. Like, he's struggling. And she says, I'm not always going to be here. How else is he going to learn? Yeah. Yeah. Tough. Really, that's yeah, tough. Yeah, really brings it home. And he learned how to do it. And now he's fully autonomous. He lives alone. And he's and fully autonomous. Does everything. And he Amazing. feels so good about himself. So even in extreme situations. Yeah. Where, and again, you want to help them when they're going to drown. You want to be there to rescue them in, in dire situations. But the ones where they can struggle and survive or learn a lesson from, you want them to learn that lesson. You want them to so that's know an important point it's too. not going to break me. Sometimes I'm going to fail a test. I didn't bring in the thing. That's, that's okay. right. So that's an important point. And that's a very key psychological point is sometimes our kids, our partners, our friends have to hit a wall. They have to put their hand in a blender and get it cut up to learn the lesson. Yep. And no, that's what my, but it's funny that you say that because I remember when my little one started to use the toaster oven <laughs> and, and don't, please don't judge me for this. But, um, but I remember him, my husband saying like, you know, but he could get burned. He was really little. He was really yeah. little, very independent, my littlest. And, uh, and even my older child was a little worried about him because they're, they're very loving to him. And uh, he's like, but he could get burnt. And I'll be like, well, only once. Right. <laughs> right. You know, right. and we taught him how to do it. And I watched him. I didn't just leave him out there with a hot toaster oven. No. We monitored and watched him and, and went through it. And, but, you know, he but learned, he learned how, to how to do it. it. And has he gotten burnt a couple of times? You know, yeah. he has. Well, again, the point being that sometimes you have to really cut yourself up to learn what you need to learn. Learning, and I say this a lot, is learning for people generally comes out of pain anyways. Nobody has ever shown up in my office, I don't know about you, going, things are going terrific in my life, I just want to evolve and be a better person. Not a chance. They show up in therapy when they're in terrible pain, right? Yes. Okay, so before we get to our next break, you know, one of the things I really wanted to get to with you is because anxiety in children is a huge topic, but I want to throw in the component of ADHD. Now, you often treat kids with ADHD. Mm-hmm. So how can we help someone with ADHD? Can you talk a little bit about ADHD? And I already said that anxiety is a very big part of ADHD, but I'd like to hear a bit more from you on that. Yes. Yeah, so when you're dealing with um, a child that is maybe very hyperactive and they have a difficult time with focusing, and again, it's a scale, it's a spectrum to that. So they may have it like in certain areas. They can often super focus and hyper focus when they're dealing with maybe video games or something that they really care mm-hmm. about. But it is hard for them to grasp on things and to focus when they are not that interested, to be able to sit still, to be able 
able to put things where they need to to be able to follow the steps to get through with something. And it can be very difficult. We weren't made to sit in a classroom for eight hours. That's the first thing. Well, that's Kids with, with ADHD or ADD um, and which are attention issues to that, were actually the kids that were the leaders and the, the people that were running the tribes. They were moving, they were active, they were actively learning. And so this idea of sitting and having children sit for eight hours of a day and listen to someone talk is quite a foreign thing and very new to our culture. And it's an unusual way because that's not really the best way that kids learn. They really should be active in dealing with that. So there's nothing wrong with your child if you have this. Some we, we are all a spectrum of differences and all of our brains are different to that. But there are things that you can do to help with. Okay, so uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, what is ADHD? It's an, an attention issue of the brain. Mm-hmm. And it is just that it is hard for you to focus during certain times when you are not really dealing with it okay so my teaser alert is that do you think that that term might be a little bit overused sometimes because i do oh as and especially especially for boys or kids that are more active it is thrown out and given um it it is is no longer the main one now we have there's always a disorder or something that people want to name and they they bring it to everyone so this was the one that was really popular for about like what 15 15, 20 years, this was the most popular one. Now we have the inner processing issue that is one that now I see like a just exponential amount of growth in it. When we learn about something, we are more apt to see it to that. And so lots of times with boys that are active, um, that enjoy doing things, that are louder, that are less docile, um, get given this label. Yep. And we have to be careful about labels. We'll talk about that when, when we're back. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. 
We are back on Straight Talk with Sandra Beach talking about anxiety, ADHD, all, and challenges in your children. We left off on the concept that there is definitely seems to, both Georgia and I, a crisis in overlabeling your children. Now, we're not saying you should not get your child evaluated if there's an issue, but I guess if we have this medium of radio to get a message out, I'm going to take the opportunity right now, and I'm pretty sure Georgia feels the same way. We'll see. Um, to say, be careful that if you get a label that you don't live and die by that because it can teach your child to underfunction. And I think that Georgia and I both feel, and many therapists feel, that even if you have ADHD or anxiety, you can become totally, or how can I say this, very functional with some good strategies, which we're going to talk about. Do yes. you agree, Georgia? I, I absolutely do. And I usually say if I have someone that has been diagnosed to that or that, let's look first, let's try if it's not in a dire situation where they're, you know, going to completely lose the year to try through the behavioral strategies. They are more work. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's more work to that. Um, medication, if that's the way that you're going about it, is fine. It can work very effectively to yeah. that. But there are some techniques that work exceptionally well. And you want to start with those. It's, and if you have the, it's, it's if you have to do it, though, you can't, you cannot train your brain to get better at something without actually actively right. doing something. So it, is, right. it is a certain amount of time. And so I understand that that can be difficult for some families. And sometimes the schools also could push this because they just want them to get better immediately. And they don't want to wait for the other behavioral techniques, which do take training and time. Okay, so before we get into that, and I know you brought some strategies. I'm really excited about that. I want to talk about this executive function that people are always talking about. So I want to go through that because recently I had to, I gave a talk on executive function. So I had to like, you know, make sure that my T's and I's are crossed and dotted and I know what I'm talking about. And here's what's interesting about executive function. It's basically the part of the brain that teaches you how to get things done. And there's many components to it. But I'll tell you what I really want to mention here, because when you have good executive function, you can plan effectively, you can organize, you can focus, you can self-start, you can stay on task, you can avoid distractions, make good decisions, et cetera, et cetera. So one thing we know is people who have ADHD tend to have an executive function issue. But here's the part that when my little research that I found very interesting, and I really want to get this out there, is the part of your brain that develops executive function only really gets there at 20. So it's at the front of your brain. And so if your seven-year-old is having trouble with this, there's still a lot of hope that it's going to develop specifically if you're going to bring in strategies. Thoughts? I think that that's absolutely correct. And everyone can usually get better at this. It's something that these techniques are good for everyone to be able to go through also. Absolutely. So I often say, do these games or techniques that we can do with the whole family. Absolutely. And we all can improve our executive function. It's, there, there are skills that we can develop. Yes. But again, if your child is in trouble, executive function really surges between three and five years old. So we are hoping that you're going to see improvements in your child as they're getting older. But remember... It takes time. It's at the forefront of your brain. So it takes time for full development. So we have to keep that in mind. So if I have a child who's not good at focusing, not good at organizing, not good at staying on task, do you have strategies for me? Yes, I do have Go. strategies. For Go. You. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some. And some are very, very simple and will work for anyone <laughs> that is dealing with this. This works for ADHD. It also works, works for, for anxiety. anxiety. So these are like really, and let's be honest, they just make better homes. Yeah. So one is a calm environment. It is 
distractions, people, children that are dealing with an attention deficit disorder or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, what they have is they're very easily distracted, mm. you know, um, you know, they're walking upstairs and ooh, shiny thing. And then that's it. They see the shiny thing and they have forgotten what they had planned to do. And so having a calm, more serene, less beeps, buzzing, clicking, the TV isn't on, this person's not yelling at this person, to be able to have the area that you study, or if you're older, the area that you work, to be calm, so that means no yelling, no screaming, less distractions, no TV, no technology running and beeping in the background to that, so that they can really work and be able to, once they start a task, They don't get distracted and then stop the task in the Mm. middle of it. And so I often will teach families that once they get started, please don't ask them, why didn't you clean your room or what about this or what do you want to eat? Let them finish the task and then ask them. So if your child is working on something, you say, don't come now with another issue. Try not to. This could also be be like a couple therapy concept. Like I tell my, my therapist, my therapist, sorry, my couples, if one of you is fighting about one thing, don't come in and go, well, I'm mad at you about this too. Yeah. It's like piling it on and for a child, it's too much. Right. Good point. Very good. They'll, they'll, they'll forget the math that they were doing. Right. And it is really hard to get started once you're moving, because once you lose your place, most of the effort to do anything is in the preparation to that. What was I at? What is the step I'm at? And for them, they can completely lose it because it doesn't hold for as long as someone that's very, very strong at organizational skills and keeping on task. Right. Good point. Great strategy. So calm environment. That's for ADHD. That's for anxiety. Yes. What else? The other one is that they get very easily startled and their anxiety levels will probably go up very quickly. So I... Like no no yelling in the house. Like let's just say it. No yelling or screaming. Yeah, let's say that. And deal with in the house. That is a better way to Why deal with. Why is that so hard for people? Why are so many of our families yelling so much? It is a very common theme in my office. It's it's very frustrating to see someone that's. Um, not able to focus you might think that they're doing this on purpose that you might be it might be your issue and then you're projecting because you saw how it hurt you in life you might uh, you know want it to get finished so you can do other things maybe this math homework also stresses you out maybe you're wanting to spend some happy time together there's a lot of reasons most of it is that when we get frustrated we want to vent that out to that and sometimes we really are angry at our children or it's, it's interesting. Partner. It's interesting the first strategy you brought because, um, you know, in the research again on executive functioning and why some people really their executive functioning is like really not because we're not born with it. We're born with the ability to, to develop executive functioning. Mm-hmm. And then some kids don't. And what they found in the research, which really speaks to your strategy, is that kids who can't do it is they were in an environment of toxic stress, like even more so than what you're saying, that, you know, maybe neglect, abuse, violence, that interrupts brain architecture. Right. So it's yes. really not, So and screaming, you know, I was recently working with a couple on this, screaming, people don't think of screaming as abuse, uh, but screaming can very much be abusive and very terrifying for a child. You know, it's very interesting because other studies of, of yelling and being in toxic environments is that, there's a little tiny part on our DNA, at the ends of DNA, called uh, telomeres. Right, and they're like right. the little tiny, it's almost like on your shoelaces, they're the little tiny piece that stops the ends from fraying. Yep. Well, we have sides of that on our DNA. And what happens is that when we go through abusive parts, that becomes shorter. The protective part to our DNA becomes shorter. Right, right. So it's also. Stress makes it get shorter. 
and yell like anything yeah. that causes that kind of like and when they get really short, you're getting, you're getting really old like that's the recipe it, it to actually dementia. is it's it's lessening the safety right. ends on that which can cause very less replication to that so you're also protecting them in other ways as well if you're worried about oh like you know spare the rod and save the child like you know you have to it's good to be able to be yelled at and i'm it's like once in a while being yelled at is not going to damage any child to that just so we're clear yeah it's not like you know everyone can lose their temper and deal with that but having it be your modus operandi in your home is very damaging and like i know that my children when when i lose my temper it does not make them better no. it doesn't make me better and it doesn't make my husband feel better. Right. And so I really try to work on, and my husband and I constantly check each other. We never like it, but we're like, okay, come over here. Like, you know, so that we have a happy, calm feeling in the household. Yeah. And so maybe the homework gets done a little slower. But are you happier? Yeah, No exactly. one's ever said to me, I'm so sad that I don't yell anymore. It's never happened. Is right. that true for it's you? It's very true because, again, when you're yelling at someone, yeah. your blood pressure is also going up. And yes. the telomere study that you're talking about is actually a study that I find very fascinating because it's also a study of epigenetics. It's the idea that affecting your telomeres is even higher than your genetics, yeah. meaning that the stress that we create in our households is really going to affect everything genetically. Yes. So, you know, you're always studying, like, are you the daughter of someone who died of cancer or Alzheimer's? Mm-hmm. And and yet we're finding out that if we can keep those telomeres intact, we can change your destiny. Yes. So I think that's a really important point. So thank you for bringing that up. Yes. I think it's really important. I think screaming is just a bad habit. Yeah. And I love that you and your husband call each other out on that. We, we never like it. We no, never no, like no. It. There's nothing, no. nothing fun about it. But it's not good, and it's no. it's not going to help with ADHD or anxiety, that is for sure. And for ADHD, what you're trying to teach your child is strategies and being able to be in self-control. Yeah. If you yell or scream, what are you teaching them? When I get frustrated, I lose control. Right. That's not good modeling Wrong message. for them. So Wrong message. it also helps with that. Yeah, and I remember reading about Gabor Mate's work. He's a famous uh, psychiatrist who specializes in ADHD, and he talked about the fact that, you know, bring me a kid who's, like, staring off in space, and I'll bring you a kid who's had such stress that they had to look off in space to not listen to what was going on around them. You know, maybe he grew up in, in uh, World War II, uh, Europe. You know, bombs are going off. You're going to start, you know, distracting yourself. It's a normal thing. So your kid might be doing a very smart strategy. we got to change the environment. What else, Georgia? Yes. And and they, they might also be like, you know, their brains are active and they, they're they bored with what's right. happening to that, right. which is not a bad thing either. So no. a lot of times we've tried to make children they, and they feel bad to this. And that's the problem with the label part is that they may feel bad like there's something wrong and they're not. It's just different. We're all different, and that's okay. So this is one that I always talk about, um, which is less technology. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, technology. Why? Well, okay. They look really calm when they're hyper-focused. Right. Playing they their sure video do. Game. They look happy. They look calm, but their brain is not calm. And if you want them to get better at being able to sit at a desk, be bored, and listen to someone or do something that's a calm activity, they need to practice that. Wow. And if they're playing video games, they're not reading body language, they're not listening to things, they're not dealing with problems, and they're not dealing with boredom. So with our house, um, we were really an active, very active house to that, and we noticed that it wasn't great for our children, because school was really a torture, because our house was party house. And we said, okay, this doesn't match up. So we got rid of so that they can practice reading. Now my kids will read, or they'll write, or they'll make movies, or they'll do other things that are calmer activities. And they're happier with that. So if you want them to practice sitting calmly, give them opportunities to be able to do that. 
video games, they look calm, but their brain waves are not calm at all. They're exceptionally active and yep. we need to slow that down. It's a really important point and I'm really glad you brought that up. And I, I, I want to add on to that. I'm sure when you first removed the technology, they weren't at first happy. No, it was really bad, actually. Yeah. That's a very good point. Right. Thank you. They were not good. Right. They were in our hair. They wouldn't stop bothering us. They right. thought that we were their playthings. We're not. You're not yeah. there to entertain your child. Right. They can be bored. It's a skill. Right. Uh, we have to go, but I do want to say that on that point that uh, you're talking about many, many facets of technology. There is no doubt in the research that the more technology in your house, the more your child is going to be prone to anxiety. There is no debate on that. Um, now that we, George and I are both lovers of technology. We are not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater. We are saying let your, it's not your child's right. It's a privilege. Let them earn it and limited dosages, right? That's yes, what we're saying. Exactly. To okay. That. Exactly. To okay. That. We'll be right back. Straight talk with Sandra Reich. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back on Straight Talk. I'm here with Georgia Dow, licensed psychotherapist, specialist in anxiety, children, families, all sorts of interesting stuff. And I'm very lucky that uh, she's also a partner in a, a DVD series, a digital download series that we do together um, that helps people to learn some of these skills in the comfort of their home. And the reason I bring this up right now is I can't help but think about our parenting download, mm, which true. talks a lot about these strategies. That's do you true. want to say some words on that? Yeah, it's a really great just set of like what to do, what are some good parenting rules to make your house calmer, to be more effective as a parent, um, to have happier kids. It's a really nice set of uh, like tools and techniques. And for people who don't know the terminology digital download, so how do they get it and what does that mean? So they go on the website, which is anxiety-videos.com okay. or master-life.com. And then we right now have a sale. 
like uh, 25% Yeah, off. our holiday sale. Everything's holiday sale. So that's off. a really big deal. And you go there, you download the one that you want, you pay for it, and it just goes to your computer and you have it and you can watch it as you need. And on behalf of the older population, is it complicated to download such a thing? Is this a hard thing to do? It is just one click. One click. Okay. You get it in your email and, uh, and you away just you go. click it and it will play. It should automatically choose the um, video player that you have right. already installed on your computer. And, and we do have like and a if there's customer a problem, service. We, if there's I, a problem, you, you just send us. an email and we will get it fixed. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Uh, you don't have to worry. I was thinking of that because you're going through these strategies and I think that people need to hear them more than once because I yes, think that it's, it's hard to learn and I, I think the DVD could be helpful You might as well get it while it's on sale. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 25% off till December 31st. Okay, so less technology... Yeah. Uh, calmer environment. Yeah. What else? So doing one thing at a time. So well, you mentioned this before. We're, so we're, not we're not two tasks. Great. Yeah. Don't we're not do multitask. We're not multitask. None of us are. Yeah. But really, if your your brain is is kind of like going everywhere, there's less of a chance you'll remember what you were doing if you're trying to do many more things. And for my children, I would always say to, and I do this myself, is just to repeat it in your head. You know, going to finish this. Okay, got to go finish this. Got to go or write it down. Right. I have to do these things. So putting it down on the wall with a little to-do list is a wonderful way to keep your children on task. I love that. And, you know, the research on executive function, by the way, the strategy, again, suggests yep. that writing things down and making to-do lists really works well for people. It, it actually reinforces the to brain. be able to, to remember what you have. And for your children, child may also be a visual learner. And to see it, once they write it down, that might also make it stick. So I have one child that works really well with writing down their work. It is just stuck there, and impressively so. And they do that all the time, and they do very well on their tests after they've written things down. I'm not that well good at it. I have to do it many times, but that's my way. Once you learn your learning behavior, go for that learning behavior. I love these strategies because these are things we can all implement and learn and yes. get into habits. And it's not only true for our children. Mm-hmm. Someone said to me the other day, how many times do you look at your email and how many times do you look at your to-do list? And it's such a powerful statement. Like we look at yeah. our email so many times throughout the day. Yeah. Our to-do list is not going to get done unless we write it down and we tick it off. And it's good if you actually put it on a piece of paper and stick it somewhere that oh, you're going to see God, it everywhere. Because yes. I'll be honest, I, I think that I avoid my to-do list on my phone right. purposely, unconsciously right. to consciously purposely. Yeah. yeah, right, right. So having it stuck there, you just don't like seeing that you've not done something. And so I want to get it done and I'll do it much faster if it's so, done. Oh, that's great. So I would add in on that since I'm a yeah. to-do list yeah. person is make sure your kids are not making an overwhelming to-do list because the reason oh, you might be nice. avoiding your to-do list is like myself if it's too long, which yes. I like to put 75 things on there. Yeah. I don't want to even get out of bed because no. it feels like I, there's no way I can win at this. Right. It has to be a to-do list that you can win at. So you two or three things done you get them done and real perfectionists and, listening and right now are going to be like no way two or three is ridiculous i promise you you do the two or three you feel yes. so good about yourself you can keep going go yes and, and make them into little tiny sets yeah so if you have a big thing that's like five hours long break it into 30 minute things just call this person call this person get the papers ready but you're not going to do them but just bring them to the right spot to that this is great and it's a great tool for helping your child organize as well Fabulous. I'm going to throw in a, a, a couple of non-psychological ones just to you know, make sure that we get this out today. Mm. Um, if you go back to many, many, like at the beginning of Straight Talk, I've had many shows on nutrition. So I do want to mention yeah. that there are things that make anxiety and executive functioning worse. And processed foods is very linked 
to more hyperactivity and more distractions. So you want to watch the diet. You want to watch sleep. Oh, sleep is huge. 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 If they're not sleeping, this part of your brain gets sleepy. Yep. And, and one that, you know, I work with with my kids is exercise. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, you're really into martial arts. There's a very big research on martial arts and improving executive function. Did you know? I did not know Huge. that. Huge. Really? Yes. Yeah. If your kids are all over the place, martial arts could be the way to go. Mindfulness, meditation. Oh, these, oh you that, have it? Go. That, exactly. The focusing techniques, practicing. I do, I do one for children, which is really cute. I want to throw it in. It's called Please. the ninja game. The children have to just stay completely still yeah. doing their breathing breathing technique while I try to make them move. I love this game. I love playing this game myself. My kids <laughs> do it to me and they try to stay still and I'll tickle their cheek or I'll drop a drop of water on them and they try to stay completely 100% skill still. And I time them to see how long they can do it for and I make a loud noise and I try to bring the dog around and it's really cool. One is it's a lot of fun. I yeah. do love this game. I play I used to play it in martial arts all the time and it's great for building up executive functioning. Amazing. It's self-control. You're Absolutely. actually doing self-control. You're building a muscle there. You're building a muscle and I think another thing that you said with the to-do list and so on and so forth is for the parents to also have clear expectations of their kids. Oh, I like Unclear that. Unclear expectations make everybody nervous. They make me nervous. Remember that you love them, you're on their team, and you don't want to want break to them down. You don't right. want to break them down. You want to build them up, and you start from wherever they are. One child may be great at this, and one child is not. Right. That doesn't mean one child is better than the other. That's start it. Start from where they are and let them learn to get better. Unclear expectations make all people very, very uncomfortable. So if you're telling your kid, I want you to do well in school, even that is not clear. What and does that mean? too much. But yeah. It might be that they're really struggling and you just want them to, to get do better. Do the best at- they can. And get better at being able to maybe be organized or to, to be able to study and try to practice in a different way or watch a video. Like and one of those at a time. And just one, one issue at a yes. time. Do get not them overload to, them. You know, we work with my son to remember to bring home his sweater. Yeah. That's like one week. Did you bring home the did sweater? Did you bring home the sweater? Is Good it? job. Oh, we did that. Okay, now we're moving on to the next thing. Beautiful. So, yeah, that's Build really, upon it. really Build important. Upon it. Yes. We're almost out of time. Short snappers, your things you want people to hear before we run out. We've got three minutes. Um, happiness and fun. You want to know that being happy, being calm, being fun. Parenting doesn't ha- and it, a lot of people are like, that's easy to say when you don't have children running around doing this. It, calm house and then a happy house. It's really important. Happy children are feeling safer and that's important to that. Boundaries and consequences are important. We already spoke Hugely about it. Hugely important. Don't feel bad about setting rules. Um, I... There's nothing wrong with having a behavior chart, a sticker chart for the things that you're working nothing on wrong. It's for the adults helpful. and for the kids. Oh, yeah. And you, you move on. Yeah. I love it for adults. Yeah. I'll you do guys it. Do I will it for work you. for yeah. stickers. I oh, don't yeah. tell Sandra this, but I will work for stickers. <laughs> she says that because she works at the Montreal Center. <laughs> I'm going to make you work for stickers. I, I, I kind of like them. Yeah. <laughs> I think it really appeals to the part of us that is really behavioral. Yeah, behavioral. And I think that, you know, we can't deny that. And that's why we're in the field of cognitive behavioral therapy, a scientific approach. And it's one of the few things that's not debated in psychology. That approach works really well on anxiety for this exact reason is that, you know, I always laugh that I studied in university, the rats, the rats, the rats. What it comes down to is that we are very affected by positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, boundaries, consequences. And that's how learning goes on. If you're not getting rewarded, that's why Georgia likes stickers. If you're not getting rewarded for good behavior, Mm -hmm. And if you're not getting some sort of consequence for bad behavior, it's unlikely your partner or your child will learn. Perfect. That is so perfect, Sandra, which is exactly that is when they're doing the right thing. 
notice it even if it's a smidge from where they used to be to keep them moving to it so important i'm so happy that you mentioned it because we sometimes forget we think that they should just know they don't and and this works for adults for your partner as well this is not just for kids we all love it you think that they know that they're doing better no mention it to them mention it to someone today yeah yeah, that's it's your homework. To do more of that today. Yeah. Today, today, do get, it and make it a family activity. Your to-do oh, list and make you know get them all complimenting each other. Notice people's it. strengths. We have different strengths. Sometimes when we get annoyed with someone, it's because they don't have the same strength as us. Why don't we share as a family our strengths? Shine your light on others and help help each other with their weaknesses. But like Georgia says, not enabling. You're not enabling somebody with their weakness. You're teaching them how to reach for the stars, how to go fish on their own. Don't go get the fish for them. Georgia Dow, where do we find? you you're amazing you can find me by uh calling 514-777-4530 and you are my partner in anxietyvideos.com it's anxiety-videos.com i was going to ask you the website but i think i just did it www.anxiety-videos.com but there's another website as well it is uh master-life.com and on that site we have videos on what we have um emotional intelligence conflict resolution we also have the parenting and the sleep boundaries and and consequences oh that's a huge one and you can get right now we have also all of the bundles where you can get all of them they make wonderful gifts because this is something that will change your life and make your relationships happier the emotional intelligence and conflict resolution is they're really popular right now and they're just great dvds to be able to like really change your relationships with people Awesome. Uh, Georgia, I want to thank you and I want to thank you for a wonderful 2018 on Straight Talk. I want to wish you and your family happy holidays. Thank you for coming on our last show before the holidays. Thank you so much. Want to listen? Want to wish uh, the listeners, our producers, everyone who helps us with this show, happy holidays. Take the time to hug someone and spread some holiday cheer. Like Georgia said, focus on some kind things. Let's get through these holidays with kindness. I want to thank you all for listening to this show from all over the world, and I invite you to come back. We will be back not next week, but the week after. And um, you can listen to this show or any prior show on the podcast on my website, on the podcast app of your iPhone or iTunes. Under, uh, what is it? Straight Talk with Sandra Reese. Drop me a comment or question at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. My name is Sandra Reese, and I promise I'll help you learn to live your best life again in a couple of weeks. Same time, same channel. Again, happy holidays to you and yours. Stay safe. Stay warm. Eat well. Take care of each other. Georgia, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sandra. And our last message, as always, is keep Keep your your eyes eyes on the the stars. stars. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.